from a network of highly secure top secret locations across South Texas. This is the Spurs Insider Podcast. I am your host, Mike Finger, joined as always by Express News Sports Editor Nick Talbot and beat writers Tom Orsborne and Jeff McDonald. And this is going to be a revolutionary episode where we are going to talk about a team that is um, spinning its wheels, I suppose. I'm not sure what uh, what's new in Spurs land, either Tom or Jeff, that can make this a podcast that the world is going to be talking about all week. They are who we thought they were. Well, there you go. We'll see you next week. That, that, um... what, what, I mean, if, if you're trying to encapsulate all that has happened with this team, in the seven, six, seven days since the last time we recorded. Um, is there anything? I mean, they got their uh, full boat back, but they're, they're not winning games. They're not playing super well for 48 minutes. They're losing for uh, to teams that are largely better than them. I mean, yeah, I kind of, as you alluded to at the top, kind of they're, they're spinning their wheels and so are, so are we kind of. Like we're talking about the same team. Um, that we've we've seen all year long, say for that stretch in December when they looked really, really good. Um, you know, you want to talk about um, what's going on in Spurs land. Um, I don't know. I, you know, um, I, I guess DeJounte Murray is something we could talk about, which we have before, but he's being that triple-double a night guy um, where he's about to, as as we're recording this, um, he's about to to pass uh, David Robinson as the um, franchise's all time triple double king, which is which is kind of crazy because we're talking about a twenty five year old point guard, um, really just now coming to into his own compared to a uh, you know a Hall of Famer uh, in David Robinson. So that it, it's just a kind of a crazy stat. It was I we, I think Tom and I both laughed last night talking to Doc Rivers. Uh, before that game against Philadelphia, and we were the one, uh, I think it was Tom, that informed Doc Rivers that, that uh, DeJounte was about to pass David. And Doc said, well, I need to, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call David and tell him I don't think he was that good anymore if, if uh, DeJounte Murray is about to, about to break his record. It was kind of a facetious joke on, on Doc's part. Doc was, Doc was funny last night. But for bright spots, it's, it's DeJounte. The, the whole triple-double thing is right. kind of um right. You're, I didn't even say what I was going to say, and you're already telling me I was say. right. Oh, you know this what you're going to say, and you're correct. But go ahead and say it. This is a new era. Not only are you giving me credit for being right, you're giving me credit for being right before I'm even right. What I was going to say is triple doubles are uh, just the best thing that's ever happened in the history of the game. Uh, that's not what I was going to say. But um, it, they're just kind of a weird, glitchy, not glitchy, esoteric kind of just niche thing where like where they're cool and uh um they used to be more of a novelty i think yes. but in the era I don't, I don't know if the way the game has changed where now you have like luka Doncic was having them every night russell westbrook got them every night and i'm not sure um i don't know i, I remember i was in high school and saw uh David Robinson have a triple one double one time and thought it was just one of the coolest things ever. And, you know, he had, 
a bunch of them, as as we know, because he's the franchise leader. But it, even back then, it seemed like it was a rare thing. And now, yeah. just I guess there's more possessions per night in the NBA. Uh, there's more positionless basketball where a guy like DeJounte Murray is also crashing the boards. I just think they're um, they're they're absolutely interesting, but I'm not sure they're as big of a deal as they used to be. And I'm not lessening DeJounte's yeah. accomplishment because it's it's amazing. Um, that we, we we just see him more and more these days. Yeah, you're correct. Think, and that's that's why we're not going to make the argument that DeJounte Murray is a better all-around basketball player than David Robinson. Right? Yeah, I, th- I think that the three-point shooting, you know, creates more opportunities for guards to, to get boards. But um, yeah. um, David uh, crunched the numbers this morning. All 14 of his triple-doubles came in his first five seasons. And, um, yeah, nine of them were with 10 or more blocks, including the quadruple double against the uh, Detroit Pistons. If I remember correctly, Isaiah Thomas poo-pooed that accomplishment after the game, raising the ire of uh, the Spurs and their fans. But, uh, yeah, yeah, he had – in his fifth season, he had one, two, three, four, five, uh, five – uh, triple doubles and three of those came with 10 or more assists. Uh, so the amazing thing about David was, you know, just everything, every, every, every facet of the game, he could do well. I mean, he led the league in scoring once rebounding once. And what was the breakdown, Tom? On, um, what was the breakdown, Tom, on the, on the third statistic for David between assists and blocks? Yeah. Um, nine. Nine of those were by blocks, including the Nine triple double. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to go out on a limb again and say that that, uh, that a triple double with 10 blocks is more impressive than uh, than the other. Like, that's that's crazy. He had a quadruple double once, too, didn't he? Yes, yes. quadruple double against the Pistons. And that's that's yeah. when. That's that's right. That's what you, that's what you were just saying. Well, yeah, that was memorable because Isaiah Thomas just, just – uh, you know, blanked all over it after the game and, uh, you know, went down memory lane about how tough the Pistons were when they were the bad boys and so forth and so on. That's that's what I remember about that game. He was very ungracious in his comments afterward. One thing we could get into, and this can, we can talk more about DeJounte too, but um, I mean, Spurs fans love talking about the glory days and a lot of times the glory days means Tim, Tony, and Manu. But we almost – I think I'm guilty of this too. We underrate how special David Robinson was. And I know this has been mentioned by others before, but, God, David would have been great in this era too. <laughs> he was kind of ahead of his time in terms of just the, the super athletic big man. There, there weren't a lot of guys like him. I mean, his – his adversary during his heyday was Shaquille O'Neal, who was a completely different type of center. Um, and, uh, you know, the, the triple doubles that he put up, and, and this is probably a good occasion to, to talk about them now that DeJounte is about to pass him up. But what, a, what, what an accomplishment uh, all of, each of those triple doubles were in that era of basketball when teams were winning with, you know, 85 points and stuff like that. I mean, that, he, he was a... He was a hell of an athlete, and we still see him in his second row seat at the AT&T Center uh, most nights, and he still looks like he can put up a double-double. Um, 
just a just a heck of a heck of a player. And I right. I, I think uh, go ahead. Well, sometimes we see uh, we see his sons in that second row seat, and they're as old now as David was when he was tearing up the leaf of the Spurs, and it makes us all feel just ancient. I think. Yeah. And uh, Dejounte the other night, you know, I I asked him about him approaching David and being in the same breath as that, you know, a member of the seventy uh, 75th anniversary team, Hall of Famer, yada yada yada, Mm -hmm. and. DeJounte's reply was, uh, yeah, but I, but I bet he won. And <laughs> to, yeah. to DeJounte's point, the Spurs were 12 and two whenever uh, Big Dave had a triple double. That makes now, sense. Of course, he had a much better supporting cast. That goes without saying. Not for all of it. Not for I all mean, of it. Yes. Yes. He had a better supporting cast, but yeah. like, there weren't, you know, you have you know, Terry Cummings, Sean Elliott, I guess, are the the two guys who were usually his best second player before Tim got came around, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the Spurs probably don't have that yet, but I mean, it's like it's like Tim David was the leader of that team for uh, a pretty significant stretch, and. Um, you know, again, this is not knocking DeJounte Murray, but I think a team back then led by David Robinson, David Robinson could do more with a uh, so-so supporting cast than like a DeJounte Murray can. And that's not, again, that's not just disparaging DeJounte. It's just David, David Robinson's one of the best players in NBA history. So to, to put it all on his supporting cast saying he won because he had better teammates, I'm not sure that's completely... Fair yeah. David, because I think I think David would have won a lot of games, no matter who his supporting cast was. That's true, but but you know, Dejounte uh, is being a little little hard. Uh, you know, if he had a better supporting cast, they'd be winning, of course, with with his triple doubles. Sure. But, yeah, your point sure. is there's there's shades of gray. Yeah. Uh, well, shades. Well, go ahead. we can't we can't blame Bryn Forbes anymore. Yeah, that's true. good segue. Yeah. <laughs> I guess that's that's the, that's the thing everyone uh, you know that's probably the most interesting thing that took place last week and you know it, it and it's not that interesting. <laughs> well, it heightened, it heightened the anticipation of uh, of Thad Young being traded dealt also. Um, I believe that happened in the what eighteen hour twelve eighteen hour uh, gap between us recording this and before it hitting the uh, and between it hitting the airwaves. However, it hits the uh, the, air, the 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 public. Um, Are there airwaves? I'd mentioned Is that how it works. I think it goes on the airwaves. I I mentioned during the recording of that podcast we were talking about the Thad Young trade, and I asked if uh, I asked if Brent Forbes was available, and Jeff McDonald said sure. Mm-hmm. And before it hit, we hit the airwaves, Brent Forbes was a member of the Denver Nuggets. Juancho Hernan Gomez was a member of the San Antonio Spurs. Who knows for how long? But what uh, I guess you can run down that transaction, either Jeff or Tom. It's the trade that that's going to shake up the Western Conference race. I think Uh this is where the whole turnaround happens. You got you mean mean for the Nuggets or for the Spurs? Um, Well, for the Spurs. I mean, the the Uh Nuggets are the Nuggets. They'll be fine. But the Spurs, like all they were missing, like uh, as I looked at this roster before the start of the season, I was like, it's pretty Uh good. There's there's some good. there's some good 
young talent on it. But the one thing this roster is missing is a Hernan Gomez. And the Spurs got one of them. There's only two in the league. There's only two in the league. Spurs got one of them. So I think this is where the turnaround happens. Wow. I don't know. Um, They should try, but they might have to trade their Hernan Gomez for another team's Hernan Gomez, and then you're still left with one Hernan Gomez. And we're back to the beginning and spinning wheels. Spinning wheels. Uh, Yeah. The the point of that trade was... Draft picking money? Yes. And we were kind of joking. We did the math. Um, the uh, the Ginobili twins will be 18 in 2028 when that pick comes due. So maybe this first I'm saying on one of them. The 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 pick that second round pick right now is 12 years old. Um, yeah. So yeah. <laughs> and and uh, you know, sure, that's 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 probably worth it. You would you know to 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 get them. This is the team that. Uh, is in a situation where finances matter. And, you know, I think they netted $2 million out of the deal. Um, that's nothing to sniff at. Uh, Brent Forbes was not part of the future. You get a 12-year-old uh, <laughs> and and $2 million, like that's probably not a terrible uh, return. And then and you get a Hernan Gomez. So I mean, yeah. that's that's where they are. It's, it's, it's one of the best midseason tra- trades they've ever made. It's it's in the top uh, it's in the top five this millennium, right? Yeah, it's in the top two since since two thousand fourteen. I don't know. Like Brian Wright's getting crazy. That's two years in a row that they've they've made an in season trade. Do you remember last year's? Uh, Marquise Chris. I mean, look, look at that one. That one uh-huh. also changed the direction of the franchise for forever. There's still the the trade deadline is February tenth, I believe. I still think that um, you know they're going to be looking to move that young. Maybe um, you know Wancho is part of something. I don't think they can both be uh, traded in the same deal. But um, that is correct. You know, that's something they will. That's something they will be looking for, and it's probably the same type of deal. Um, either helping out the finances or some kind of uh, some kind of draft pick that can u- be used within the next decade or so uh, it's not going to be a earth shattering deal of any kind but the, 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 there's a chance the local cagers are not done wheeling and dealing uh, we did kind of get away from jeff's proposed Dejounte topic is there anything that can be added uh to what murray is doing um and i guess looking forward to the to the all-star game we mentioned a couple of weeks ago that his his odds of being added to the all-star team were, were pretty long. I, I think that they're improving not only because of the way he's playing, but because of just how the rest of the league is sorting out injury wise. Damian Lillard is not going to be playing. Um, I don't think you're going to get Anthony Davis or Paul George back in time to play. There could be some spots. I'm, I'm still not sure uh, his odds are better than a coin flip, but um there's there's a chance he could get in there, and that would be sort of cool for him, I guess. One thought I had this week watching the Spurs games, they they played Oklahoma City. This is just the thought I had. They played mm-hmm. Oklahoma City. Uh, Oklahoma City has a rising young star called uh, Shea Gilgis-Alexander. And I remember uh-huh. I, I, I kind of thought, um, if you had said last year at this time that DeJounte Murray would, would have a better all-star case than SGA, um, that would really be something. Like that would be yeah. that would be Murray Dejounte making a pretty big leap, and if, I, so I think if he makes the team or doesn't, 
I think that's kind of a good measurement as to the sort of uh, company he's he's jumped up ahead of. Because I thought SGA was on on track to be like the next uh, in the next tier of point guards that would be fighting for for all star bursts. And he's having he's having a fine year. But I I, I mean, in my opinion, I mean, Dejounte has got a much better case than, than he does, and that's nothing against. Um, Gilgis Alexander. I just think it's testament to how far Murray's come since this time last season. That's an excellent point. And I think that's Thank a you. fair... What is going on in this podcast today? I think that's a fair uh, barometer, um, a, f- a fair comparison for DeJounte in terms of, you know, the best guy, a young guy on a, on a rebuilding team. Um, it's not like one has a vastly superior supporting cast to the other. Um, they're both sort of asked to do similar things. And I think you're right. DeJounte has had a better year than he has. And that's a, that's a significant step forward for him in, in terms of handicapping, whether or not he does make the all-star team. Um, we have to remember, first of all, the, the reserves are going to be, he's not going to be a starter. The reserves are going to be picked by the coaches and um, sitting next to friend of the podcast, Mark Stein the other day, and Jeff, you probably already knew this, but um, wanted to make sure the 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 coaches who pick the reserves are just picking for their own conference. That's so, in other words, like Dejounte had uh, two really good games against the Brooklyn Nets, one in Brooklyn and then one in San Antonio. Um, like him impressing Steve Nash really does not earn him any All Star votes. Um, Steve Nash is not going to vote for Western Conference backups. So it's like that's that's who he has to win over is the other coaches in the in the Western Conference. And I think I think there's a chance. Um, and it would be it would it, uh, DeJounte will never admit it, but I'm sure he'd get a thrill out of that. You know, he, he plays well against good competition. I think he'd love to to be part of that experience and to take a little satisfaction in how far he's come over the past few years. And I think it'd be a cool thing. Well, how, how many guards do you think will wind up on the, on the team representing the Western conference? See, I, I, I think that uh, that will determine everything because if it's just six, he's probably not going to make it. But if there can be a seventh, he's, he's, he's got a great chance. Like just for a, he's fun got a great chance to be seven. Just for the fun, a fun exercise here, are the top 10 vote getters, uh, in the Western Conference guard pool. And obviously this isn't to be all end all. This is the fan voting, but this is kind of an idea of the the pool he's got to overcome to get mm-hmm. in. Obviously Steph Curry and John Moran are going to start. As far as the reserves go, you know, he's okay. not going to beat he's not going to beat out Luca. Um for a reserve, he'll beat out Clay Thompson. Clay Thompson hasn't played all basically all season. Um Devin Booker, don't think he's going to beat out Devin Booker. Here's maybe the here's maybe maybe this is uh, 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 an arguable one or maybe it's not. Um, would he would he would the coaches vote him over Russell Westbrook? I think maybe See, that yeah. would yes. not to step on not to step on your toes here, but here are the here are what I think are the slam dunk top six. Okay, Steph Curry, Steph Curry, John Morant, Luka Doncic, Devin Booker, uh, Donovan Mitchell, and Chris Paul. Okay. Do you, I, yeah, I don't think he six. beats. I don't think he beats any of those six, right? Right. But then beyond that, it's kind of open. Like Lillard's not around anymore, so that that's 
Like he's the not going to get. Then you get the to like other, Anthony Edwards. Is he a guard say, or is he a forward? Well, he's listed as a guard, so he's the other guy in the top ten um, as far as the fan voting goes. Is Anthony Edwards and, and you mentioned David Lillard. So yeah, right. you're right. It gets interesting if there's seven guards. It gets really interesting if you know any of these guards have to drop out for any reason, which I mean, in this day and age, is is something that could definitely happen. So. Right. Certainly so. And the uh, you're looking at seven guards. Who's who's the front court players you can make it? The West front court is not the strongest it has been in years. So I think we have my, a strong my, bet my, on getting seven guards. I have my front court slam dunks: uh, LeBron James, the Joker, Rudy Gobert, Carl Anthony Towns. Those are like four for sure. For sure, those four are going to make it. Um, Anthony Davis and Paul George aren't going to play. Um, then like, I think Draymond probably gets invited by the coaches because like, even though his stats aren't impressive, like he's just sort of earned that. And that's five. Like I, I, I can't see the coaches not bringing Draymond green. That's five. And then there's a list of possible six. This is where that last spot is open. It's either the seventh guard or a sixth front court player along the lines of Andrew Wiggins, DeAndre Ayton, Brandon Ingram, uh, those type of guys who are all having really good years uh, for teams. So DeJounte's got a chance, but it's not, uh, it's not automatic by any means, even though I think he probably does merit a shot. You see who was the leading vote getter among uh, Eastern Conference guards? Mar DeRozan. It's our old buddy, Mar DeRozan. He'll be here next week. This week. This week. Oh, yes. Friday. This, this the Friday. injury ravaged Bulls will be the pretty much lone do-it-all guy. They're missing <laughs> half their team. Yeah. Oh, I guess we could also – I sort of am loathe to admit this on the Spurs Insider podcast, but I do admit I'm sort of patty millsed out, like after uh, spending much of my summer in Japan and then uh, going to going to Brooklyn – and then coming here that like, like Patty Mug, Patty Mills and Greg Popovich have had, by my estimation, like 15 emotional hugs since his departure from the Spurs. But those, those are just the cool ones you've seen. Yeah, just the, that was kind of cool to see um, the, the reception that both Patty and Lamarcus got uh, at the AT&T Center the other night, um, last Friday before that game. I think it both it, it, Jeff talked to Patty out at uh, – TMI that morning, Patty and LaMarcus both talked to us at the game that night. I think that, I think it meant a lot to him. LaMarcus brought his teenage son into his um, availability after the game, which is cool. I think people underestimate how much uh, LaMarcus really did enjoy his time in San Antonio. Um, and so I, 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 I got some, I, I thought that was cool to see LaMarcus back and kind of just getting his moment. What, what I thought was interesting from LaMarcus's comment was kind of contrasting, uh, you know, the comeback to San Antonio, uh, the return to San Antonio with, you know, earlier in his career, Portland. returning to Portland. Um, yeah. yeah, those that, that that fan base booed him for years when he when he came yeah. back, yeah. Just, just for years and mercilessly. And it was kind of understood at the time. But um, um, it was a, even though the, the, the departure from San Antonio was something, you know, he facilitated, he left in the middle of the season. I think it, it was nice to see the fans welcome him back. And, um, 
you know, give give him that that embrace because he was an important. You know, it, it's unfortunate for his career that he did. You know, he didn't. He won a lot of games here, especially early, especially when Kawhi was still here. But they didn't have the the kind of championship level success that that um, maybe people expected, maybe Lamarcus expected um, when he signed with the Spurs. But he was an important part of the the program, and just you know, again, he'll probably until the end of time will go down as the biggest free agent signing in, in Spurs franchise history. So that, that's something, and I'm glad the, the fans were there to give him his due. On the on the list of what might have been uh, in this this franchise history, you know, a lot a lot of times you think about the um, the Kawhi, Zaza, Pachulia uh, interaction that postseason at, at Golden State um, and how the Spurs, even though they were underdogs in that series, if you talk to the people around the Spurs, they were convinced they could have won that series. I mean, Kawhi was playing at an elite level. Um, they were ahead in that game, as we all know, by 25 points in game one at, at Golden State uh, before that injury happened. Well, the the moment that could have lived forever leading up to that was how they got to Golden State when Kawhi was hurt and LaMarcus had to be the man in that closeout game against Houston. And that was that might have been one of the top two or three LaMarcus Aldridge San Antonio performances in his tenure here uh, when he just completely played James Harden in that game, closed out the Rockets. Um and you know if that if that leads to a series where the Spurs beat the Warriors, like that's that's going to be remembered forever. And now it's sort of forgotten. Uh, but Lamarcus definitely had his moments. Yeah, it's and, almost uh, like some fans remember Lamarcus did not play well in that Golden State series after Kawhi went out, and it's like right. people give people give put more stock in that than what he did to get him there or whatever. And his, his job, he was signed to be not. Uh, to use a Greg Popovich term, the head of the snake, but to be part of a part of a group, part of a a I mean a, a Kawhi sidekick, a, a Tim sidekick, whatever. Um, and he was really good at that. And he was not built to be um, the go-to guy, the guy that leads a whole franchise to a championship. I think everyone can sort of acknowledge that. So yes, when he got put in that position against the Warriors during that yeah. series, it not did not go well. But to be fair to him, that's not what he was meant to be. Yeah, so. he uh, just looking back, I just looked back at Basketball Reference. He had thirty four points on sixteen of twenty six and twelve rebounds in that uh, closeout win over Houston. Then he has <laughs> twenty eight points against the Warriors in Game One. Yeah. And after that, it's eight, 18 and eight. But of course, everything changed when Kawhi's out. I mean, they were able to key on him. And it's really yeah. unfair to knock him for that whole sequence. Um, you know, two, two all-star bursts, uh, part of a Western Conference finals team. I, I yeah, I'm, I'm glad the fans honored him. Uh, he's a good dude. And, and as Pop pointed out, he did a lot of stuff in the community, boys and girls clubs. Uh, parks and recreation. And he did it quietly. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm glad he got that ovation. I think uh, both Pat, that was important to both Patty and LaMarcus. And I realize a lot of players across the league do stuff in the community. And, and uh, that's part, that's kind of part of the gig. That's what you do. But that was those, those moments were a big part of the, were a big part of the video uh, that was shown by the Spurs. I think they did a great job with it. And um 
I think it was important to both Patty and LaMarcus that it wasn't just basketball highlights in there. It was, um, it was them being out and about with girls and boys club and Patty was indigenous night and that type of stuff. So that was good to see. And as, as James Harden noted in his <laughs> post-game comments, when somebody asked him about LaMarcus and, and Patty's tribute, he said, I, I liked it better than my video. <laughs> and again, uh, he, that Houston didn't quite show him the love that the, that San Antonio showed LaMarcus and, uh, and Patty after leaving him under different circumstances. I guess that's about it. I would remind everyone to go to expressnews.com, subscribe to the Spurs Nation newsletter. It's a great deal. Any, anything else to add? My fellow panelists. Could be getting Zach Collins back this week. Zach Collins could be coming back. I, I, I shouldn't, yeah, coming back uh, to the NBA, make, making his Spurs debut. That's something to look forward to. Um, other than that, there could be more wheels spinning, but it's better yeah. than wheels breaking down. And uh, I would just urge everyone, as always, to take care of each other and keep it real. Thank you.